Hey mama, are you terrified of labor? Are you wanting to get healthy for you and for your baby or your family? Maybe you're struggling to feel sexy postpartum. If that's you, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Fit Mama podcast, where I'm spilling all of the pregnancy and postpartum secrets you need to know. I'm Sarah, your fitness bestie. I'm a certified prenatal and postnatal fitness specialist, certified Pilates instructor, and certified yoga teacher. I'm also a certified hot mess mama of a two-year-old boy, and I'm currently pregnant with identical twin girls. So reheat your coffee, settle in, and let's get started. Hello, and welcome to episode four of the Fit Mama podcast. I'm not quite sure what I'm going to title this one yet, but if I had to give you in a nutshell what this episode is going to be about, we are going to talk about the top tips you need to know if you are a busy mom who is trying to stay fit. So before I spill all the tea, let's go ahead and have our bump update and our question of the week. So bump update, when this episode is released, I will be 20 weeks pregnant, which is wild to me. I can't believe I'm already at the halfway mark. And I was just looking up the size of baby girls this week. And what I have learned more than anything is I have no idea how to visualize my babies when they're inside of me. Last week, they were heirloom tomatoes. So I thought, you know, kind of short, chubby, little cute tomatoes in there. And this week, they said they are the length of some small bananas. And you tell me banana, and now I think that I have two like string beans, little thin baby girls in there. So I don't know exactly what they're looking like in there, but I am very excited that I'm halfway through the journey to meet them. As far as myself and my own physical health goes, I'm feeling quite good. I can definitely say I notice that this pregnancy is different than my first pregnancy, my singleton pregnancy, because I can tell that I need to be focusing more on my cardiovascular health than I did with my firstborn. Uh, They take up more space, and so baby girls are using up a lot more of my lung capacity than I expected. But I'm not taking that as a red flag to be scared of or something of concern. I look at it as a clear road sign telling me, turn this way, train this way. You need to be focusing in this direction, which is really great to have a clear idea of where I need to be going. And mentally, I would say I'm doing quite well. I definitely have days, I won't lie to you, when the anxiety of having another two babies come into the picture when I've already got a really energetic toddler and a full-time job and a lot of other things on my plate, to be honest, can be very intimidating. Uh, But at the end of the day, I just try to remind myself that yes, there are seasons of life that are hard. That doesn't mean that they're bad. Hard things are not always bad. And at the end of the day, we are about to multiply the love in our home, and I could not be more excited about that. So all that being said, mentally doing all right, we're still trucking along. And we can go ahead and move on to our question of the week. This question was submitted to me on Instagram, and I don't remember the exact wording, but basically this person asked, why do we eat dates in the late stages of pregnancy, or why do they recommend that we eat dates? The recommendation behind eating dates mostly lies in the way that it prepares your body, specifically the cervix, for labor. In fact, if you compare women who ate dates during pregnancy to those who didn't, you find that women who were eating the dates in those later stages had some pretty big differences in their labor and birth outcomes. 
So the first big difference they have observed in different studies is whether or not you need to be induced. Women who eat dates were far less likely to need to be induced, or they were more likely to go into labor spontaneously. So if you're wanting to avoid an induction, you should be eating dates during the later stages of pregnancy. Not only did they see a difference in the actual start of labor, but they saw a difference in the amount of time that labor takes overall. Women who ate dates had shorter labor times. If you've been through labor, you know, if we can make it shorter, that would be ideal. We don't wanna be in pain for that long. So eating dates in later stages of pregnancy can also help with the length of labor. And then finally, women who were eating dates in the later stages of pregnancy were less likely to need labor accelerating drugs like oxytocin or pitocin. Or in other words, women who ate dates had their labors progress without stalling. And that's what we really love to see. So that in short is why we recommend that women eat dates in the later stages of pregnancy. And with that, we will wrap up our question of the week. If you had a question that you really wanted me to answer and I didn't get to it this week, or you didn't know that I was doing this segment on the podcast, be sure that you head over to Instagram and you pay attention to my stories. That's where I upload the little question box to let you guys submit your questions. Or if you've got a pressing question in the meantime, you can go ahead and send me a DM. My DMs are always open. So let's jump into today's topic, which are my top tips for busy moms, how to stay healthy, how to stay fit when your schedule is literally wild. Before I start, I just want to say I'm so sorry if you can hear background noise. Although I try to record during times of day when it should be quiet, my neighbors don't always respect the podcast hustle. So all that being said, disclaimer included, let's jump in starting with food. Food is an area where I know a lot of moms struggle. A lot of moms come to me as clients in the beginning and they're really struggling with food. And I think it's because we're trying to find this unicorn trifecta where it's food that you and your family like, food that doesn't take hours to prepare, and food that's healthy on top of that. And so often because we can't quite achieve that trifecta, we just resort to frozen chicken nuggets or going through the drive-through. There are some time-saving tips that will help you to avoid those options, at least avoid those options on a more consistent basis. So number one time-saving tip, you're going to batch prep ingredients. Now hear me out. I know when we talk about batch prepping and meal prepping, People think about the entire meal and eating leftovers for days at a time. And for some people, that's just totally outside of their comfort zone. They like variety, and I totally understand that. Especially our kids. Like, I don't know about your kids at home, but my toddler wouldn't accept any food every single day of the week unless it was pizza. And so to avoid eating pizza every day and avoiding the boredom of meal prepping, we're going to prep ingredients and you do that during one session so you can put on your schedule like one to two hours when you are just going to set a timer and get going in the kitchen you'll batch prep things that typically take a longer amount of time so things like whole grain rice peppers different chopped veggies that you want to roast etc etc get all of those done at the beginning of the week So then during the week, according to whatever meals you have planned for your family, you can just grab and prepare, put it together instead of starting from zero. 
That is your number one time-saving tip. We don't want to wait until Thursday at 6 p.m. to think for the first time what you're going to prepare for dinner that night. You want to have a general idea of what meals you might make during the week, if not an exact plan, and you want to have ingredients cooked already so that all you need to do is just construct that meal. And that way on Thursday, you find yourself reaching for the door of the fridge instead of the drive through Second tip, cook once, eat twice. Let me explain this. My big issue when I see a lot of meal plans prepared by nutritionists and dietitians and random ones off of Pinterest is that they have different breakfast, lunches, and dinners for every single day of the week. Okay, girlfriend, I do not have time for that. I can't be preparing 21 different meals during the week plus snacks. That is ludicrous. So what you're going to do instead is cut all of that in half. If you have a family of four, you're going to prepare enough for eight people at every single meal, and then you'll have leftovers for the next day. That goes for breakfast, that goes for lunch, that goes for dinner. Cook once, cook more than you need, and then you'll eat on it twice, and that cuts way down. You are cooking literally half the amount of time than you would otherwise, which makes following a healthy meal plan that you put together way easier. Last tip. This might be the easiest tip in this entire podcast. Get out your phone right now and you're going to go to your alarms and I want you to set alarms for nine o'clock, 11 o'clock, one o'clock, three o'clock, five o'clock, seven o'clock to drink water. Every two hours, set yourself an alarm to drink water. Hydration is so important. So many of us aren't drinking enough throughout the day. And honestly, as moms, we are too busy to be thinking about how many ounces of water we've been drinking. So you're going to get yourself a big water bottle and then you're going to set yourself an alarm and remind yourself, hey, it's time to drink, you know, however much of that water bottle you like, eight ounces, 16 ounces, whatever. Set yourself an alarm. Take one thing off of the mental load of motherhood by using your phone. So if you're taking notes, those are my three tips for food. Batch prep your ingredients, cook once, eat twice, and set alarms to remind yourself to hydrate. They're super simple tips, but they will save you so much time and mental energy. Okay, let's move on to exercise now. Exercise is obviously where I am passionate, but I find that exercise is really hard for us moms to get into the groove of doing. And the reason for that is because one, we're short on time, and two, with what little time that we do have, getting in a workout feels overwhelming. And on top of that, the only advice I ever hear towards moms in the fitness space when it comes to getting in their exercise during the day is usually just wake up early, wake up before your kids. That way you can get in your exercise before they ever wake up in the morning. Okay, two problems with that. Number one, our bodies deserve rest too. I'm so sick and tired of seeing influencers showing their 4 a.m. workout routine. That's just not feasible for the majority of moms. And if you look at their comment section and people ask them, what time do you go to bed? For a lot of them, it's 10 p.m which means that every night they are sleeping six hours. That is simply not enough for most people. So that's the first issue. You need rest. You deserve rest. Number two, if I set my alarm for 5 a.m., I am willing to bet my entire life savings that my toddler will wake up at 5.05. 
I don't know what it is. I think that he has some kind of freaky internal clock that just sets them off and lets him know, hey, mom's trying to get up early in the morning to do something for herself, so you need to get up and prevent that from happening. Of course, I'm joking partially. I don't think that they actually have little internal clocks, but I swear it feels like 99% of the time, anytime I try to wake up early, my son's clock just resets and he is waking up early and then I don't get my exercise in and I have no plan of how to get that done now that my morning was interrupted. So here's what we're going to do instead. This is what I coach my clients to do. We have found it to be incredibly effective. Instead of focusing on specific times of day that you're going to get things done, I want you to focus on routines. So after this happens, I do this. After I do this, I do that. So let me give you an example. I spoke with a client about this this week. She really wants to continue her long walks. She's in her third trimester of pregnancy, and she finds that they're really helpful for her mental health. However, she has some obstacles. One, her daughter always likes to stop and go, and it makes the walk a bit stressful for her because she wants to get into the groove. And number two, it's getting really cold where she lives. And so she was asking me, I don't know how to get this done given these two obstacles. So what we did was we designed a routine for her. When she drops her daughter off at daycare, she's going to already have her gym bag packed and ready to go in the car in a place that's really obvious right there in the passenger seat so that when she finishes dropping off her daughter, she can immediately go to an indoor walking space that's on her way home. She can get changed and get in a walk that is good for her mental and physical health. That has now been integrated into her daily routine. She doesn't have to question it anymore. She doesn't have to worry about when she's going to get it done. She doesn't have to stress out when she's on her walk with her daughter because she's getting interrupted. We have a plan in place, and that plan is part of a routine that was already happening in her life. So let's say you can't go to an indoor gym. What might you do? Well, okay, maybe your routine is every morning you get up and then you have your coffee and your kids have a little bit of independent play time while you sip on your coffee. Let's replace part of that. Let's say you get up, you have a bit of water, and you're going to do your workout first while they're in their independent play time. And once independent play is over, then you might grab a coffee and have some quality time with them, read a book, whatever, while you're sipping on that coffee. You can adjust your routine slightly to make sure that you're getting your workouts in. Now, when I said just then, you can do that while your kids are having independent play, some of you might have thought, yeah, but my kids interrupt me all the time. This is where my tip number two comes in. Don't be afraid to break up your workouts. You can do five minutes of a workout here, 10 minutes there, another 20 minutes in the afternoon while they're napping. It's okay to break it up. It doesn't all have to be in one continuous flow because sometimes that's just not reasonable for us moms. Some days it is and it's great. But if we're being honest, a lot of the time we need to break it up and do some here and some there and that's okay. Remember what we talked about in the last episode? We want to ditch that all or nothing mindset. So just get it done as you can. And if your kids are old enough, you can even include them in your workout. You know, monkey see, monkey do. I know it's annoying sometimes, but your kids just want to be like you. They want to walk like you and talk like you. And I'm realizing I'm quoting the Jungle Book because my son has been obsessed 
with that song recently. But yes, they want to be like you. And so feel free to include them. Show them how to do the proper technique. It'll be a good reminder for you. Then you just go ahead and do it. Okay, I know I'm flying through these tips. I've got just two more. Next one, work out smarter, not harder or longer. So just a minute ago, I was saying like, you can do five minutes here and 10 minutes there, 20 minutes there. And that might in your head have sounded like a really short workout. Like that wouldn't really be enough time to actually do anything. I'm here to tell you that if you feel like 30 minutes is too short to get in a good workout, you're not working out smart. You're working out too hard for what you actually want. You can be more effective with your training and get a lot more done with 30 minutes than most people can get done in two hours of the gym. If you know what you're doing, short workouts can be effective. If you don't know how to train in an effective and efficient way, if you feel like you need like an hour to get in a good workout, you and I need to chat. Like send me a DM because there are some great exercises that you can do, especially compound movements that keep your workouts short, especially when you're in a time crunch. And my last little tip might be my favorite one and one that is not talked about nearly enough in the fitness space. Tip number four or five, I kind of lost count. Um, You need to improve your NEAT. And I'm not talking about the cleanliness of your house. NEAT in fitness refers to the non-exercise activity thermogenesis, which is really just a long phrase to say the calories that you burn outside of eating, sleeping, and working out. So these are the calories that you burn just living your life, and you need that number to be higher. This is why you can go work out in the gym for like an hour a day, and then go sit at a desk job for eight hours or nine hours, and then go home and sit on your couch for another couple hours and wonder why you're not seeing results. It's because one hour isn't going to make up for the other 11 or 12 that you are sitting down. You need to be moving throughout the day. We increase our NEAT, that non-activity exercise thermogenesis, by moving consistently. So if you find it hard to do that, I'm going to go back to the alarm suggestion. Set alarms on your phone to get up and like get moving. But otherwise, find activities that you can do with your kids that are active in nature. Go outside. Go to a park. Find a way to dance at home, put on a song that they like, do something to get up off of the couch or get up off of the floor and move your body. That is going to increase your NEAT, which increases the amount of calories that you burn throughout the day. That is a huge tip for staying fit that I swear we don't talk about. And it's mostly because personal trainers don't make money on you outside of the gym. So they want to convince you that you need to spend all of your time in the gym for you to get any kind of results when that's simply not true. Most of the results that you're gonna see are through one, really focused training, two, eating in a really, really healthy way and balanced, so we have that mental health aspect too, and three, living a generally active lifestyle, which is that neat factor that I'm talking about here. So I know that I just threw a lot at you mamas, like so much information in such a short time period. So be sure if you're not already 
head over to Instagram and make sure that you give me a follow. I will be reposting a lot of these tips in the next couple weeks as just reminders, things that you can save and share with your friends. My Instagram handle is Sarah with an H, Kelly with an EY dot CO. That's sarahkelly.co over there on Instagram. Thank you again for sharing so much of the podcast, for downloading it and listening and leaving positive reviews. I really appreciate each and every one of you. Until the next podcast, may your coffee always be hot and may you feel even hotter when you look in the mirror. We'll chat in the next one. Bye, mama.